Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, if you like cornhole, this is your day. I... I I can't even wait for this conversation. I was so excited about it all day today and the weeks prior because it's going to be such a cool and most interesting uh, podcast episode. And it's an area that I know a little bit about, but I really don't know much about. So I can't even wait to jump in. On the podcast today is Stacey Moore, the commissioner and founder, right, of the American Cornhole League. Stacy, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate you inviting me, and I'm looking forward to the chat. I love it. A fellow ACC guy, NC State grad, Georgia Tech grad here. Um, I can't even wait. I've played cornhole in my backyard and at tailgate parties, which you, you know, I'm sure are very familiar with. And I, I couldn't even believe, like, over pandemic, like, the only thing on ESPN was cornhole. I... My yes. wife and I were like, what? <laughs> Couldn't believe it, right? Yes. It was yeah. amazing. And I'm sure you had a big part of that. So before we get to that, though, um, you know, I, I always love to, with our guests to, to dive into their background. And you haven't always been in this world. You've been around this now, I guess, five, six years now. But you started off kind of in the business space um, and in, even in banking. So talk to us first about, you know, your path career-wise and how you got to, to founding this, this organization. Yeah, I've been I've been fortunate to to experience a lot of different industries and do everything from operations to banking and finance, you know, working in warehouses. Absolutely. Um, so I've done a little bit of everything. Um, and and my path kind of led me along to you know, eventually I became a mutual fund manager at Bank of America, managing a small cap and mid cap growth uh fund for bank of america and i started to to dabble into angel investing and investing in startups and and found that i just had had a real passion for working with entrepreneurs and and being entrepreneurial myself to a degree um i was just super excited to 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 start along that path of investing in other entrepreneurs, having some successes and having some, some losers along the way. <laughs> sure. And eventually that led me to becoming focused on, on tailgating and created, I wanted to create a tailgating incubator of some sort. Sure. We did a lot of different tailgating ideas through uh, tailgating ventures. Um, and kind of out of that, the American Cornhole League sort of surfaced and, and evolved out of there and has just been on an on, on a rapid uh, growth pace in the last five years. It's amazing. I, yeah, I saw that you were what you had your tailgating ventures organization. You still do, I guess, now uh, 10, 11 years. And I had no idea that the tailgating industry was a $15 billion industry. Yeah, I think it's one of the largest informal industries out there still. I mean, when I, when I kind of was looking at it, like you said, 10, 10 plus years ago, uh, when I originally formed that entity, I was like, there's got to be some sort of trade association right. that, that captures this, but it still has not happened yet, I think, for a variety of different reasons. But the amount of money that people spend on tailgating, 
uh, going to games, buying equipment, whether it be tailgating games, whether it's grills and coolers and RVs and everything else, I mean, that number adds up to a pretty big number. Wow. And uh, and so kind of selfishly, I was like, how, how can I tailgate for a living? <laughs> And, uh, and, so, and cool. so I was like, instead of investing in all these other startups, I'm just going to start creating some myself and see what happens. That is so cool. And I actually think this is going to be a monster tailgate year, by the way. Everyone had a, a year yes. of not spending on it. And it's going to be like, oh, my God, I need every new thing. Um, so, okay, how does I, I get the tailgate thing? And one of the things you do at tailgate parties is you play games, of course. And, of course, one of the big ones is cornhole. Um, but but where did this come from? Like, was there already an organization around cornhole or was this something that you were like, you know what, we need one because everyone's playing it. Yeah. So, uh, there are definitely some other groups that were out there before I formed, uh, the ACL, uh, that were running organized tournaments, uh, on a variety of different levels. And, you know, as we were out there tailgating and we were working with a lot of different tailgating games during sponsor activations, and I just saw people playing cornhole more seriously and competitively for some reason than any other tailgating game. <laughs> and so the more that I got to know kind of these players who, who had this intense passion for it, and I started to learn some of the strategy behind it, and I just said, hey, I think I can make this into a legitimate sport. Um, and and that's, that's when I started working on the ACL. Wow. Now, what was the first step? Because it's one thing to think, okay, this is kind of casual game, um, could be something more serious. But like, what was the first step to actually create a league around this? Because I mean, I look at your site now. I mean, you've got different levels, categories, rankings, equipment, like it's I mean, it's official, but it didn't start that way. So, I mean, what were some of the first steps you had to take? Yeah, so the main thing and probably the main step and, and certainly the first most important step was making the decision to develop our own technology Okay. Uh, so that we could capture and control the scores and stats uh, to make it a legitimate sport and be able to display it as a sport. So, you know, at the time, people, there were so many different rules, like whether you played the bus rule <laughs> uh, when you got to 21 or game was over at 21 or you had to win by two or, right. you know, there, there were all these different things out there, right? And so totally. there, was, there, was, there was not a common set of rules and there was no way to capture stats whatsoever around this game where most of the people were drinking and they just want to know whether they won or lost and right. and got their five bucks or 20 bucks or a hundred bucks, whatever they totally went on a, on a match with their friends. 20 right? bucks, man. That's a yeah, good, yeah. good one. <laughs> so, so really the, the, the technology piece to not only capture scores and stats, but also to manage events and, and the brackets. And we've developed some of our own proprietary formats and original formats here over the past few years that are really cool. And so we've just developed a lot of innovative ways for people to play the sport competitively, enjoy it, and and then to be able to show them the stats so that they can improve if they want to be competitive and become a pro player. Uh, we give them the tools to do that. So starting to develop that technology uh, as an initial step was incredibly important for us, and, and we wouldn't be where we are today without it. Wow. Yeah, so the American Cornhole League, the ACL, promotes and develops cornhole as a sport on every level. Um, 
did you know technology? I mean, or, or was this something where you had to find others to help you with this? And was this an all in thing? Like you, this is your full time thing at first, or was it like another one of the things I'll call it at least initially? Yeah, it was another one of the things uh, initially. Um, but after about a year of it being another one of the things, <laughs> it pretty much became the thing. The thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and, it, you know, it kind of, yeah, like I said, it kind of evolved uh, pretty rapidly. Um, you know, obviously, we got on we got on ESPN really early on in our in our which development crazy but yeah so our, our mission was to be able to organize cornhole for all for all different skill levels so whether you're a beginner or whether you're a highly competitive person at the time we didn't call people pros right out of the gate and create a pro division um but we created you know different events for different skill levels Interesting. And, and and test a lot of different formats. And it, it probably wasn't, you know, it was the thing it was we were two years in our development. So even after we had been on uh ESPN linear for the first year, uh, we didn't develop a pro division until that next year. Interesting. Um, because now, we didn't want to call people a pro professional at the sport until we were confident that these guys were able to make start to make a decent amount of prize money that they were taking their craft seriously uh and their right. training it wasn't and just a drinking game yeah <laughs> right. and this and that yeah so uh now how did it start from okay so you had that you knew you needed the technology were you hosting your own events and were you focused on certain geographies and then how did you recruit people you know what did that look like at first and then we can get to where we are now yeah so there was kind of what I would just call a, a core corn competitive cornhole community out there. That was probably, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand, couple thousand people at the time. And, and you had different kind of directors in different parts of the country. They all, they all had full-time jobs where they were running cornhole tournaments on the weekend, kind of running cash tournaments. And so we just tried to formalize the structure around that, create a point system, create, you know, some type of, of rankings and standings, initially outside of the uh, outside of the gate and that kind of led to the tiered point system that we have today um but putting that kind of organization around it so then people had something to play for they're playing for a combination of points and cash at our events and we wanted you know we wanted this to culminate into a large cash price pool event and so the initial one we did was like a fifty thousand dollar payout our first year that's pretty and, strong. Yeah, and, and people enjoyed it. Yeah, I kind of think of like I and I know it's not the same, but when I think about world championship of poker, like it kind of it's kind of it seems like it's somewhat similar, right? People were already playing, but there wasn't as organized or whatnot. But and maybe it's different. But one of the things I noticed yeah. um is I mean, you've got sponsors and whatnot. Did you start off with sponsors or was it more of an investment to to for at least the prize money to get it going? Does that make sense? Yeah, it was definitely an investment. Uh, uh we didn't kind of turn the corner until had our our third or fourth year in terms of being cash sure. positive, but, sure. uh, but we were definitely uh, investing, putting some money up uh, at first. And we did, you know, we had some, I'll call them lower level sponsors. Um, but our relationship with Johnsonville started from our very first linear telecast on, on ESPN when we're, you know, they let me know, I, I think it was, six weeks in advance of our second world championships, if I'm being generous. 
And the amount of money that we were going to have to invest to pull that off versus what we currently had available. Right. (laughs) Significant. Yeah. So, I mean, we were planning on doing a digital broadcast on ESPN3 around our world championships. Then we were going through a, a, uh, a small university in the area that had some cameras set up and that sort of thing. But they, you know, they obviously did not meet linear television spec. <laughs> spec, right. And so, you know, the level of production that we had to do to pull off that first uh, ESPN2 event had a significant price tag associated to it that we weren't, you know, so I was just, I was like, I don't have time to like go out there and try to ping some people. So I'm going to think about what kind of sponsor, you know, might be interested in this. And right. Johnsonville was one of six on the list. And I just uh, sent him a cold email, and I'm like, "Look, whatever you can afford to give me, your right, right, we'll now, take it, and we'll put your name on it." <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> you, then, know. you know, and then you know, uh, Jamie over at Johnsonville ended up doing this deal. Uh, just great guy, and 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 uh, we we just laugh about where we started and and where oh, we are amazing. today together as partners, and. Um, you know, we couldn't be more blessed that Johnsonville started with us early on and has stayed with us, you know, over the last you know four, you know, we've been together four years now and, and we just signed another two year deal. Yeah, I was going to say so much upside still in my, from my perspective. Um, yeah. And it's so awesome. And just to have somebody's name on it at first, it kind of provides some credence like this is real. You know what I mean? It kind of makes it more official. I think that's so cool that they were early adopter or early you know, from a sponsor perspective. Let's let's talk about the structure. You know, as I was doing my homework again, I'm not an expert, so you correct me if I'm wrong. I saw ACL Pro Championship College Juniors WCO. Like what are the different levels and, and how do they work? Yeah, so we have a, a, a tiered point system that that we run pretty much on an annual basis. So our points uh, season uh, ends in August and it starts in September or October, depending on if we want to take a month break or not. But uh, pretty much year round, there's a points event with the ACL that people can can join and play in. Um, and so we have five different skill levels within that points uh, that points uh, season. So whether you're a, a novice or or a intermediate player or a competitive player or an advanced player, uh, anyone can play at those levels. Uh, and if you want to be an ACL pro, you have to play with us for a full season before you have a chance at qualifying to become a pro player. And you can do that through points or we have like a, what would be the equivalent to the Q school in golf? We call sure. it the gauntlet. Oh. We call it the gauntlet at the end of the season. The gauntlet. Yeah. It's like a final <laughs> event. You're either, you're either in or you're out. And so, you know, the way our, the way our point the way our pro division is set up right now, if you, if you finish in the top 100, you're safe, you get your card for the next year. If you don't, you got to go down and, and playing the gauntlet against these other people that are thirsty to become pros the next season. So that's a pretty intense uh, single event where there's a lot on the line. Sure. And so, and so yeah, so having those different tiers of, of skill levels, and then not only that, but we assign different levels of points to the type of tournament we're doing. Okay. So we run a local tournament that has its own points table. Our regional tournaments have a higher points table. Our conference tournaments have a higher points table. 
And then we have open or national events that have a higher points table. So we have four different tiers of points as well as our different skill level tiers. And so that's one of the cool things that creates a lot of stickiness among our players that, like I said, all ages and all skill levels. And you know, while we have over a hundred thousand players playing there, unbelievable. Right now. now, do you guys put on all your own events or is it franchise somewhat or how does that work? Yes, we have, we have over 450 directors all across the U S. Okay. So, Anything that is a national broadcast event, we run from the, what I call the HQ level, you know, it's kind of the corporate staff HQ level now. Um, and then we have different tiers of directors that are qualified to run, whether it's a local event or a conference event. Uh, we have directors that, that based on how successful they are at running events, they can run <laughs> larger, more prominent <laughs> events. Um, so we're able to, to tier our directors and, and their skill skill level as well. So, sure. And uh, then what about the players? Is it truly, you know, I was, I was on your site and it's like, anyone can play, anyone can win. Is that really, do you, is that true? I mean, I guess it is, right? I mean, yeah. I, right. There's play in, I'm guessing tournaments. That, I mean, if someone's just super good and never, I, I, I mean, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing, the only restriction we have is that once you, you, you know, we have a pro level that. Oh, got it. Once, That's right. Yeah. Once you're a pro for the season, you're locked in to be a pro that season. Got it. So people can't randomly come up and play in a and pro. Play in pro. Got it. And that's where, that's where our guaranteed prize pool is and that sort of thing. All of our other divisions, you know, we do a percentage of the entry fee. We typically are given out as prize money if we get additional sponsor money for any of those events we'll, we'll allocate to that prize pool but to play in our quote our guaranteed big money prize pool events you want to qualify to be a pro and now it takes you a full season of playing with us to do that Got but it. but anyone can start playing with us uh, you know at the beginning or even middle of the season and earn enough points to become a pro uh the following season <laughs> that's crazy uh, what about equipment? Okay, so you know, I've bought my cornhole, you know, the Georgia Tech logos on it at the, yeah. the Georgia Tech bookstore, and I got bags and you know the hole in it and all that. Like, is that standard, or is there like is there are there standards for equipment, or is it kind of they're all about the same? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so a thing that we started a, a, a couple of years ago that's kind of come coming out full force. I would say this year is we have three different tiers of equipment that we sanctioned. So that was, you know, one of the things that we saw immediately. Right. Uh, a lot of variation, I'm guessing. Yeah. A lot of variation. Like, like people are like, well, if I just go out and I buy a cornhole board <laughs> right. at Walmart, that's the same thing as what you're playing on. That's right. Again, right. <laughs> totally. and we're like, uh, no, it's not even close. Right. And, and so we've had to go through an education process uh, with the public over the past couple of years and more people are getting tuned in to the differences in cornhole equipment. And now we have uh, what we call ACL rec, which is the stuff that, that you would find in wall in Walmart. That rec level is also probably what you bought in your Georgia tech bookstore. Right. <laughs> For now, that's about to change. That's about to change. I can't so wait. I, yeah. <laughs> so good news is coming on that front, but uh, oh, good. Um, and then we have our ACL competitive level, which is a level of equipment that we say is good enough for like tournament and competitive play, but not quite good enough for professional play. Sure. And then obviously our ultimate designation is, is ACL pro. And so we have a lot of people, especially on the bag side, 
a lot of even casual recreational players all want those ACL pro level bags. We we've licensed, we've licensed that to 48 different bag manufacturers out there that are making ACL pro level bags right now. So when what's in the bag, is it beans or corn? It's resin. It's uh, it's, it's mostly plastic resin. And I know I should know, but I don't know. Well, I've never torn (laughs) one. Yeah. There are, there are still (laughs) corn bags being sold on Amazon for some reason. uh, But hopefully, hopefully we're going to be educating everyone buying products on Amazon. Don't buy corn bags anymore. Um, Yeah. so So, Yeah, so plastic resin, and that's where one of our, you know, our bag manufacturers are very innovative, and they're, you know, firming up their supply chain, or they're getting resin that's specifically made for that type of bag, uh, or they're doing mixtures of different resins inside the bag, and so, sure. you know, so bags have have a different feel to them, so players can can you know they have a they have a wide selection of what feels good in their hand, what what do they feel like they can control the best fabrics uh, our bag manufacturers are incredibly innovative with fabrics uh, and so they're constantly rolling out kind of new fabrics that can do that slide in different ways sure you know, have different levels of what we call a, a speed factor um oh my god so, so people factor. can know like how slick or <laughs> oh yeah god. how slick or, or how sticky a cornhole bag is, is who, knew? who knew and like how you know the distance between the two i've seen people set up the boards like different you know they don't know and they just set it up or oh this one's 10 feet and that one's five yep. you know anyway <laughs> um okay what about okay so i i somewhat joked when we started like that last year during pandemic and i we, i mean i don't know i'm for sure a lot of our listeners are like yeah when all sh- all sports shut down the only thing on prime espn es not two or three like major espn was yes. cornhole and now how did that happen and like it, it was that great publicity for you guys like what did how did that play out yeah, certainly. So we had our existing deal, you know, we had an existing deal with ESPN and we were doing uh, basically five pro events as original programming, plus our college championships with ESPN. Uh, and they're kind of spread out throughout the year um, because our season basically, you know, like I said, goes year round. Our pro season kind of starts in January and goes through August. And then our college season kind of runs September through New Year's uh, was kind of the cadence that we had with ESPN. And so certainly there was a, a level of awareness out there just from from those events that had been on. Sure. Um, but yeah, the pandemic opportunity, as soon as it hit. So, I mean, we were up in Cleveland. We were we got cut just like every other sport out there that first week of uh, or that uh, tournament, the conference tournament week for basketball. That's right. March Madness. Yeah. Yeah. We. We, we had a massive event in Cleveland scheduled in 180,000 square feet, close to 200 sets of cornhole boards. We had 2,000 players had flown in to play in this event. Oh, right? God, I can't imagine. And they canceled it the day before. So you can oh. imagine a bunch of cornhole players that had been out drinking oh, and geez. they got canceled. <laughs> of course, we got blamed for everything, right? It, it just... Uh, I'm sure people were not happy with us. And we were like, and we had already gone through the expense of setting up. We had our broadcast court set up. We had everything set up in the, in the, uh, Oh, I think there. a lot of people, so, I mean, everybody so had we were like, like that, yeah. you know, we're like, what do we do now? And, uh, and then, you know, after I got done crying for a few days, <laughs> I, uh, I, I said, I said, I'm going to figure out how to be the first live sport back on television. 
And um, so I'm like, what is it going to take? Naturally, our sport has has a social distancing nature to it, and it's non-contact. Sure. Right. So we had that going for us. So I just had to create some adjustments in our rules that could get ESPN and the hires that be at Disney, as well as the governors of certain states. To allow for cornhole. Yeah. To (laughs) say, okay, if you have these rules in place, we will allow a competition to take place. And, you know, like you said, ESPN, they didn't have anything really live they were showing. And so they were like, you want to be four hours live on ESPN? And I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) Wow. I'm like, how many, how many consecutive weeks can we do it? And it ended up being seven. Uh, And so, yeah, during the middle of the pandemic, we actually had two of our guys out there on the road for seven straight weeks, never came back home, going from city to city, setting up smaller, you know, cornhole events or limiting these events to no more than 50 people, players. So it was a much different financial model for us. You know, we had to get some last minute support from Johnsonville and our other sponsors to uh, to pull that off, to pull that mini broadcast off and, and make that shift. But it worked out for everyone. Wow. Uh, it certainly worked out for us. And uh, and we were we were glad to be able to do it. And we didn't have any outbreaks. And so that's the other amazing kind of kind of cool thing is that uh, we didn't have a single outbreak at, at any one of these events. Amazing. Um, those that are listening, they're like, oh my God, I play cornhole. I'm really good. I mean, like, how do they get involved? Like, where do you direct them? Yeah, just, just go on to uh, IPlayACL.com, find a local director or event near you. Certainly, if we have our ESPN events and you want to come out and, and watch us and, and have some fun and interact with our pro players, uh, love to have you. So That's pretty cool. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, and then I have to ask. So, you, you, this is like a startup. I mean, you started it with with when it was nothing, and it. I mean, look at where it is now. You know, I always love to ask our entrepreneurs, like, what are two or three of the biggest lessons learned that you would share with others? You know, that are looking to start their own business, whether in the the, the sports space, I'll call it, or or their own beverage brand, if you want to call it that. <laughs> like, what would be your advice that you'd share with our audience? Yeah, I mean, it's. Sales is obviously critical for, for anything you do. <laughs> right. Sales can cure the need to go out and, and raise money. Um, sure. And, and you know, we bootstrapped the best that we could. I was fortunate to have you know, people pitching in that still had full-time jobs but were making contra- positive contributions to, to kind of the vision I laid out there and, and what I was doing. So I was able to get, you know, buy-in from – I would say that some some key pieces within the cornhole community um, that I just listened to, and so uh, you know I think you have to be confident in your in your vision and your direction, but you also have to have to be a better listener than than you might think you are, than or that you actually are, um, and you need to be able to take constructive feedback and and know when you need to make an adjustment or when you need to pivot or you know, when someone else is right, that's your, and, and you're wrong. Um, and so I think being a good listener from, from some other people that were passionate about the sport and were taking it more seriously as a sport than I was certainly initially, um, and learning from them and, and making adjustments, uh, I think was, was critical. Sure. Wow. I love that. Um, 
So cool. I mean, it's so exciting. What does the year ahead look like for you guys? I mean, you're on a growth path here is what I, I, I'm sensing and seeing. Like, what any big yeah. you know focus for the year? Yeah, so the, the, the big things for us is that we, we've we added a CBS series called the ACL Pro Shootout. Oh, which that's is cool. Be, be, yeah, being an intense round limit shootout where where there's eight qualifying events and our pro players have to win one of those eight qualifying events to get into the championship event. So it's uh, going to be incredibly intense and, and extremely elite field that makes it into that championship event in September that we're excited about. So, you know, we're basically adding nine events on CBS and CBS sports network. Um, and we're just, and we're going to aggressively grow this sport internationally. So we're going to be crowning our first ACL pros outside of the United States here this year. And we're looking to pull off some broadcasts uh, in other countries around our sport and, and continue to grow our sport internationally and support the efforts of the uh, of the nonprofits, the WCO and USA Cornhole to make Cornhole an Olympic sport. Wow, that's so awesome. What a great vision. And how fun uh, that we get to follow you, man. This is so exciting. Um, Stacey, this has been great. Share with our audience just the links to, to learn more and get involved. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate you having me. I've enjoyed the chat. You can have me back anytime. And Anyone out there in the public that wants to get involved with us or just wants to check out the Cornhole action, visit iplaycornhole.com or our social handle is at iplaycornhole. Awesome. Stacey, thanks so much for being on the podcast. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.